Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. We are covering the season two episode, Sailor Mouth, and joining me on today's episode is animator for the SpongeBob SquarePants movie rehydrated project, Muhammad. He is a fairly new animator, a new artist, uh, only starting in the last few years, but learning his craft getting better each and every day and just joined the collab last year so it was a wonderful time having a conversation with him about his experiences in art his love of spongebob uh and then of course we talk about the episode sailor mouth before we get into that though i do want to talk about the uh, the release of the episodes in the last week it has been an absolutely crazy week for me last week i actually uh was a part of a wedding i was in a wedding party and throughout the week of preparation for that i had all of the episodes pretty much ready to go uh the unfortunate thing was that there was just a lapse in the release due to a hurricane which also happened later on that weekend uh kind of struck up here in uh in connecticut which is not uh, a hurricane state last time I checked uh, so between a wedding and a hurricane and everything else I'm juggling because I also work a 40 hour a week job so uh, juggled through to make sure that everything gets released on time so uh, if you are a regular listener of the podcast through audio means I do apologize about the the jumble there um, and just uh, thank you for sticking with us. So I really appreciate that. Um, by the way, once again, if you haven't stepped over to my uh, newly updated YouTube channel, you can search up Captain Eric over on YouTube or check in the podcast description. I'll always have a link to our YouTube channel there. Uh, every episode of the podcast will get uploaded on the YouTube channel. We're pretty much almost caught up where now YouTube will be releasing on a week to week basis at the same time as the audio podcast. On top of that, I'm also releasing video specific specific content exclusive to YouTube uh, and possibly to Facebook. I don't know. Still on the fence about Facebook watch at this moment in time. Uh, but I do appreciate you listening in. Thank you for checking out all of my content. Thank you for being a supporter. And if you are a part of the ready crew, if you consider yourself part of the ready crew, I appreciate you. Welcome aboard. But we're going to take a quick break to hear me talk more about my podcast. And when we come back, we're going to check in on Muhammad and get our mouths dirty with a little bit of sailor mouth. Hello, customers. Nice day we're having, huh? Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Escalators! Eels. Um, now, when it comes to those mature level SpongeBob episodes, 
Most are going to think of this one at first, Sailor Mouth, a season two episode, the first part of the 38th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, first premiering on September 21st, 2001. Uh, wow. This definitely ranks up there as one of the most mature SpongeBob episodes and one of the most mature Nicktoon episodes of all time. But crazily, it's not even in its content. It's just based off of the idea it places in the head of its viewers to kind of fill in the blanks. What is a curse word for you? What is a mature word? What would be the word that comes out of the mouth of a sailor? And I really couldn't do this episode alone. I, was, I knew when I put my episodes up to the collaborators of the SpongeBob SquarePants Rehydrated Project, I knew somebody who was going to have a... Um, bit of a, of a humor with the profane was going to pick Sailor Mouth, and I am glad to be joined today by none other than Muhammad, uh, animator for hey. the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated. Thank you for joining me, Muhammad. Thank you for having me, Eric. Now, I mean, you did you zero in when you looked at that list of episodes? Did you zero in on Sailor Mouth, or when you just saw it, you, like, was that one you had intentions of? As soon as I saw Sailor Mouth, I was like, nah, I have to get this one, because... That's one of my favorite episodes. It's so like it's so on the edge of all the SpongeBob episodes, com like compared to others. It's just like really, it's like you said, it's one of the more mature ones, and it's really funny. It's it's the best best written episode I can see so far. It's weird because it's it's only mature in its in its use of innuendo, innuendo, and in the fact that it's just a fill-in-the-blank moment, so whoever's watching in that moment can think of the naughtiest word in their head, and boom, it becomes funny then to think of these cartoon characters saying those words. Um, and it can be a wide variety, even if you're someone who doesn't automatically, you might think of like the worst of the swear words, which we're not going to touch upon today, and we're not going to fill in the blanks here as, as yeah. we talk about it. Um, but no matter where you are in the world, there is probably some sort of word in your home, in your town, in your school, your society that is deemed inappropriate that when you think of SpongeBob and Patrick and even Mr. Krabs saying those words, it kind of becomes humorous. At least that's the intention with Sailor Mouth. Um, before we get into Sailor Mouth, though, Muhammad, you're, I'm going to guess you're a big SpongeBob fan, right? Oh, yes. I've been a fan for a long while. I've been watching Spongebob for maybe... I'm 16 right now. I've been watching it maybe since I was like five or four. It's so good. Man, and Spongebob, I mean, having celebrated its 20th anniversary, it, it, it existed a few years before you were born, but you, you were brought up in its, its uprising to where it is today. I mean, how does that feel to just, as you're a kid, you have this character just constantly around you, um... Did that ease you into SpongeBob right away? Did you have friends that were, you know, did you watch him at home earlier? Did your parents, you know, have maybe like preschool content on? How did, what was your introduction to SpongeBob? Actually, um, unf unfortunately, I didn't really have Nickelodeon when I was a kid, but I did have this thing called YTV, which is, uh, I guess you could say the Canadian alternative since I live in Canada and not in the U.S. Hey, uh, love to hear that there's a, f a friend from the north on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I was watching it there, and it would only ever show up like I don't know. Not it wouldn't show up as much as it um, as much as it probably would on Nickelodeon. And whenever it showed up, you know, I was all over that. You know. Now, it, even though it's an American cartoon, SpongeBob is still fairly popular up there in Canada, right? Yeah, it's it's very popular. You can't go into a store without seeing a SpongeBob shirt or a SpongeBob plushie or any merchandise of any kind. You know. 
Now, would you say, uh, and this this is kind of a question exclusive to you, is there any cartoons that are created in Canada that would you say is on the level of popularity in your country of something like SpongeBob? Is there a character like that, or is it kind of like, hey, SpongeBob is just children's entertainment that's just everywhere? Uh, I believe there's this one other character. I'm not too sure if you guys have heard about him, and I'm not sure if it's completely Canadian. Uh, it's a show called Jimmy Two Shoes. Have you guys heard of that? Have you sorry? Have you heard of that? That sounds familiar. I at least have uh, heard that. I like that is not. I've that's not the first time I've heard that name before. Well, that whenever whenever you tell someone here in Canada about Jimmy Two Shoes, uh, they're instantly gonna know about it. Uh, it's this one guy and this and his two friends, and he lives in, like in this place where everyone's a demon for some reason, and his friend is a demon, but also good. It's like it's a really really funny cartoon. It's I wouldn't say it's on the same level as SpongeBob, but it's uh, it's it's really up there. Yeah, I even though I only had like two aired, seasons. It aired you know? here on Disney XD, so that definitely still has has a place in, in American households. So that's probably yep. where I heard from it. Um, so mm-hmm. that, that's good. Now, being a SpongeBob fan is one thing. You're also an artist as well. Um, where where did that enter your life? Um, honestly. Uh, Spongebob had kind of an influence on it. A bunch of cartoons, not only just Spongebob, had a big influence on uh, me wanting to become an artist or a cartoonist. Uh, I really loved the expressions and all the actions of the characters. I just really, I just really uh, acted like a cartoon character when I was a kid because I thought it was really funny and cool. <laughs> and about a year or two ago, I started uh, just experimenting and got my first drawing tablet. I started experimenting and drawing and uh, I've grown ever since. I've drawn more and more, and it's become one of my favorite hobbies ever. Oh, so you just recently started getting into art? Yeah, about not too long ago, actually. But I used to draw a lot when I was a kid and uh, when I was younger, but not to the level where I was like, okay, now I actually want to get good at this, and I actually want to make art that uh, other people will in, will like to see and that I'll like to look at, um, uh, to, to look back on, you know? Yeah, that's very interesting. And and the biggest thing is, is I even told a friend who's who's definitely older than you who thought he had no drawing skills whatsoever. I said, at some point, every person had no skills in what they eventually became good at. You exactly. have to work towards it. And that guy has been drawing every day since I've told him. And months later has actually been able to draw some pretty good pieces of art. So look at you a year in and already a part of this big collab. Now, how did that come about? The collaboration actually came from the first time I actually heard about it was from this one YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. Is it, um, it Vailski Bum? Yep, it's Vailski right. Bum. Hey. Everyone got it from Vail. Vail, uh, when he when he first put it out, I, I saw it and I was like, wow, I have to be part of that because I've always wanted to be part of a collaboration. I've seen this other artist who actually did collaborate on this project. His name is Rylan Lego. He collaborated on this project and I really liked his animations and I saw his animations before I ever saw uh, the SpongeBob collaboration being announced, and I was like, "Dang, I wanna, I wanna be part of that. I wanna do something like that." And so I had my tablet. I was ready to, I was ready to draw. I was like, I was confident in it. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna just enter. I'm gonna try to get a, a good scene." And I got one, and I was very happy with how it came out. Hey, man! Shout out, shout out to the dedication there. I'm glad you're a part of the project. How has the process been Thank for you. you thus far? Uh, the process. I've actually just finished about uh, about I'd say a month ago. I was uh I was going in and out, I was procrastinating a lot, which was kind of an issue because uh the due date was coming up, so I needed to work faster and faster. But 
I managed to make a scene that I was completely happy with because it started out really bad, but then I, I just scrapped the animatic. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna make this look better. So I drew a new animatic and I actually like looked at the 12 principles of animation by Alan Becker on YouTube. And I learned a lot from, cause I watch a lot of art videos and a lot of that stuff. So I learned a lot from it and I applied it into my animations and but these little like details and these little touches really made uh, the animation uh, pop out and stand out. So I was really happy with the results. It's really crazy how one video or one little piece of advice can alter your art for the better. I, yeah. I, I definitely would recommend to anybody, any artist out there of any medium, watch, yeah, watch videos on YouTube, soak in that information. Cause you, you never know what that, that one little piece just, it just sends a light bulb off in your head and then just helps you out for the rest of your life. Yeah, I, I usually think there were, uh, and people might think that watching other people draw might be boring. And I used to think the same thing, but when you just sit down and look at, look at their process and look at how they start and how they end, they start out with like simple lines and weird sketches. And then they end up with like really amazing drawings, like draw with jazz. He start he starts out with like little sketches that look really, really weird. And then he ends up with um, like amazing drawings that that process is just fun to it's better in my opinion it's funner to watch someone draw than to see the final product like just like that no absolutely the process is is 100 percent um of the biggest deal apart that i mean as you said you sometimes whenever they start out with something it's never how it ends up look at bob ross that guy will throw yeah. just like fly five blotches of paint on the canvas and within like 20 minutes have an entire landscape and you're just like what where it took a weird turn there where did this yeah where up? did that come from yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm glad you've had a good process on this collab so far would you ever join another collab have you already joined another one have you thought about it well i'll be honest uh this was my first collaboration that i ever and this was the first actual animation that i actually put a lot of time into and i actually wanted to polish fully i do have some older animations but I wouldn't say they're as polished as this one, and I wanted to I want to take a break because I'm actually working on some animations. Uh, I'm on some drawings that I'm working on back at home in Lebanon, uh, and I'm uh, trying to finish those and then take take a small break. Maybe try to improve my own art style and make make my drawings look a little more better than they uh, than they are right now because there's still some things I do need to fix about my uh, my art style and the way I draw. Hey, you're always going to be looking forward, not not looking back. Yeah. And and especially and that's what I love about this project too is that it's not just featuring pieces of animation from veterans or people who have been doing it. Like like you said this was the first piece of animation you've made. Yeah. And it's in this big collab like I I love that. I've seen uh, many people make some amazing animations. I've, I've watched, I always go, I always try to keep myself, I'm like, I gotta wait for the movie to come out, but I can't help it. I go on YouTube and I just see uh, a pop-up saying, oh, scene, scene 27 of the SpongeBob collab. I click on it. It's an amazing scene and I see the process. It's amazing. I'm like, wow, can't wait to, can't wait to do that someday. There's that's, so many that's good, beautiful. yeah. That, that's a really great perspective to have on it, that you're looking forward to, uh, to getting there. Don't, yeah, that's, Keep moving forward with that thought. Yeah, thank you. Now, you and I got to sit down together and watch Sailor Mouth, which was really, which was really fun. Uh, normally, I have mics on and we hear laughter and whatnot, but because of just the heat wave today, I had to have the air conditioner on. But on my end, I was absolutely laughing throughout this entire yes, episode. This is one of the funniest SpongeBob episodes there is. 
this episode, Sailor Mouth, was written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Meriwether Williams, the just the juggernauts of season two. I mean, when you think of season two of SpongeBob, almost every episode is is pretty much worth its weight in gold. But this kind yes. of might sit above the rest. I don't know. In terms of comedy, it, it does. It was so I was I had my mic turned off because I was a bit confused. I was like, oh, should I turn it on? Should I keep it off? But I, I was actually dying of laughter the whole time. There were so many parts inside of the inside of the episodes that made me jump. There was this one scene. Oh, my God. When Patrick and uh, when uh, SpongeBob was like, "Oh, what's gonna happen?" Patrick, uh, Patrick says, "I don't know." And then SpongeBob says, "We're probably gonna get forty lashes." And then Patrick, <laughs> Patrick just has forty eyelashes. I'm like, "Bro, what?" A classic SpongeBob gag with Patrick <laughs> thinking he was gonna have forty eyelashes instead of oh, that made the, me the, die. The of worst laughter. case situation, getting lashed forty times. Um, this episode starts out with with pretty much the closing shift at the Krusty Krab. Uh, it is nighttime, and we've actually, I feel spoiled in season two with how much we've gotten to see of the Krusty Krab during the night. I feel like, I don't know, there's just been a lot of these times where they're they're going to closing time. They've, they've already touched upon it a few times this season, and here we are once again. Um, we get this great gag in which Mr. Krabs asks Spongebob to uh, take out the take bag out of, the crap. <laughs> take yeah. out the bag of garbage, bag of trash. And Spongebob, it, you know what? Some people he might went, take this oh. joke as being innocent, but I take it as him just just being completely on cue with a wonderful joke. In which that was he, that was an amazing joke. That oh, was like, he completely dunks on Squidward, in which he, he, he tells Mister Krabs, "Why why would you say that about Squidward?" Oh, oh that was put the amazing. sunglasses on. You've won it. <laughs> Squidward didn't even have a <laughs> clap back for that. That was just it. Exactly. Um. Uh, SpongeBob brings the trash out to the dumpster, in which he then like, gets to see some dumpster writing, which is the writing of the people. I love that gag as well. Just like, hey, this is what the honest, this is the most honest opinions you're gonna get from people. He starts, you know, reading some graffiti on the dumpster. If you do note some of the graffiti on the dumpster, uh, some of which he doesn't read out, there is a writing of Patchy was here. Which oh, is, Patchy course, the pirate, yeah. Which is of course a nod to Patchy the pirate. Now. As far as we know, Patchy has not gone down to Bikini Bottom, so no idea how that happened or what. Well, maybe got maybe there, that dumpster fell from up from the surface to the water. You never know. That is that is a very big possibility, or at least that that piece of metal that was eventually used for the dumpster. Yeah, possibly. Um, now this this is where SpongeBob, in reading this writing, goes through. We we get another gag about uh, a Squidward piece of graffiti not being finished and Spongebob finishing it in a nice way but he comes across a piece of writing that includes a word he is not really familiar with. Now we don't know as the audience what this word is. This is our very first instance of fill in the blank. Now anytime this word is uttered a dolphin noise plays instead. Uh, now a funny little uh, interesting tidbit is it's actually not a dolphin noise that is being played. Oh, really? Yeah, you would you would think it's a dolphin noise, um, but it's in fact a sped up uh, chirp of a kookaburro that what? was originally used in the 1963 film Flipper, and is uh, still available from the first volume of the premiere edition of the Hollywood Sound Effects Library released in. Oh yeah, I've heard that there's a lot of sound effects from like back in the 60s, 50s, and 40s that they still use today. Like yeah. the laugh tracks in some Nickelodeon and Disney shows, they use those laugh tracks 
from people back in like the 40s and well, 30s. Probably because they're so dirt cheap to get. Like they're probably yeah. practically free at this point. Yeah, um, possibly, quite possibly. Yeah. So it, it's funny that between Flipper, which is a very popular dolphin in our media, and you know an episode like this perpetuating that noise, we keep thinking that noise is like, oh yeah, that's a dolphin noise, but it really, really isn't. It's a kookaburro. Um, Patrick comes in at this point and reads the word. And tell SpongeBob it's a sentence enhancer that you're used to, that you can add it to sentences, you can add it before words, afterwards to enhance the sentence. And SpongeBob and Patrick, of course, in their usual way, just kind of go off the rails with this information. Yep. Um, I won't lie, Patrick kind of does have a point because uh, that's basically how swear words are used in our society. They're always used as like a, a sentence enhancer. Like it's not necessary to swear or to say anything uh any any curse words but they say it just to make their sentence stand out from everyone everyone else's you know well he he is right it, it you and you're right it is a sentence enhancer but as an adult and when you're talking to other adults you can use some of these words like a spice and like a spice yep. you can add a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper to your food maybe a little bit of cumin it'll add to the flavor if you add too much it is oh, going that becomes a to problem. Yeah. be a problem. And just like I think um, kids maybe in middle school might do when they start really swearing in front of each other, there's not even a meaning to the swearing. You're just saying it because you Yeah, can. they just say it for no reason. Yeah. I, I find it's kind of unnecessary. But I mean, it's if if like it's between themselves, so like I don't know, I can't really tell him. I can't really tell much on that situation. <laughs> well, that's yeah. What, I just feel like that the way SpongeBob and Patrick enter the Krusty Krab with this energy that they have to say it almost every other word. Like my first thought is being back in middle school and acting that way with my friends of like, yep. we have to swear as much as possible because we're alone and we know these. We're words. cool. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> um, I think yep. it's one of the funniest scenes in SpongeBob history of just SpongeBob and Patrick audibly swearing in front of people and just go ahead, put in whatever words you want. It's one of the funniest scenes, SpongeBob getting on the intercom and just uh, all of the disgust from the different patrons of the Krusty Krab. No, the only people who are happy about this are the little kids who are just yep, typical, typical words. children. Yeah, typical yeah. children. Yep. Um, because when you hear that word out in like the wild as a kid and you, you like your parents like start like telling you don't listen to them don't listen but you're like listening you're, you're laughing you're enjoying it because it's so funny did you ever you don't hear that word often. swear in front of your parents when you were a kid uh, probably probably more than once yeah <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> it did not end well yeah i i can't mine i had to it had to have happened at least once or twice and i definitely maybe got a smack on the face for it by like a grandmother yep. but uh, I don't think it ever really happened that much for me. I was pretty pretty good to keep those words behind closed doors. Yep, same here. Um, I would definitely not go into a public place and start screaming at the top of my lungs uh, swear words. Uh, some people would, unfortunately, because they're just that confident, you know? Some people would. Um, I don't know. There's that. I, there's just something about that in general is ma makes it so funny. Uh, eventually, yep. everybody leaves the Krusty Krab because of this, which causes an alarm to go off for Mr. Krabs. Luckily, who has somehow um, has this system that warns him anytime the the Krusty Krab is empty and uh, even warns him when he's on the john because he is sitting in the toilet when this Jeez. alarm goes off and a periscope comes down. Now, I'd like to wonder, unless we... We've never seen Mr. Krabs have, like, a personal bathroom in his office, which would be smart to animate in, but 
For all we know, he's in the public crust crusty crab bathroom. Does the periscope drop down if someone else is sitting right there? Uh, I couldn't answer you that question because <laughs> I feel like I feel like that thing follows him everywhere he goes because it's not the first time I've seen that periscope come out of nowhere. It always comes out, for example, when he's in the office, he's like looking for plankton. He uses that and he just he just sees him walk. He's seeing him exactly where he's walking, so it's it's really funny how it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought it would have been so funny if if he wasn't in there, if he was just in the wrong stall, and that thing dropped down. Um, but he's able to see that everyone is leaving the Krusty Krab. Uh, eventually, he finds out it's because of SpongeBob and Patrick swearing. I love that even though he knows Patrick at this point, he's still when he yells for SpongeBob to be in front of him, in front of him. SpongeBob and SpongeBob friend and friend front and center. Um, exactly. Now, this is what's weird. Mr. Krabs has literally no jurisdiction in front of Patrick other than being the owner of the building he's in. He can certainly kick Patrick out of his building, but outside of the building, he has no means to tell Patrick what to do or what to say. I guess uh, maybe they see him as uh, a sort of parental figure because they're still they're still children if i had some old man come up to me like as a kid and tell me hey uh, don't do that i'd listen to him because you know he's an old man he's a sort of he's he's more wiser i'd say so i guess that's how they see um mr Krabs. because later in the episode they do say oh let's let's be good citizens and good people just like good old mr Krabs, you know that, i mean it certainly is a is a possibility spongebob even though he is an adult still still definitely would look to, up to mr Krabs as a father figure Patrick exactly. just being lost in the world certainly would look mm -hmm. up to Mr. Krabs as a father figure because they're not going to look up at Squidward like that. Um, yep. Yeah, Mr. Krabs does put down the kibosh of, of warning these guys that these are swear words, these are sailors' words, don't use them. I love the gag here. This is probably the most adult thing I'll ever mention on the show, but it is a gag that was mentioned here. <clears throat> Mr. Krabs says that there are 13 words that you should never use. Squidward yeah. then brings up that I thought there was only seven, which is a reference to the to the classic George Carlin bit, the seven dirty words that you're not allowed to say on television. Um, oh, that was that's a thing. I thought I thought it was just like like a like a quick gag. Like, oh, I thought there were only seven. Then like, oh, no, if you're a sailor, there's much more, you know? Yeah. Uh, George Carlin in 1972 had a had a bit in his stand up comedy of the seven words you can never use on television. The seven words you can never say on television are. Yeah. So he actually had this bit. And what's significant about this bit, it's not just that this guy said seven words on a stage. Um, there was actually massive backlash for this bit in our society at the time. He, he was. Um, this was like a massive moment in censorship and and where it stands and uh, oh because he actually oh wait was it a censorship or was it like a like satire like or no just a uh, so George George Carlin for all intent purposes is probably the greatest stand up comedian we've ever had um, probably neck and neck to Richard Pryor if you've ever heard that name as well I've honestly never heard of uh, both of them unfortunately yeah both of them once you get into that world of stand up comedy they're kind of neck and neck on the mountains up top. Um, but George Carlin in yeah in the 70s was just kind of the first guy to really go there in terms of, of words you shouldn't say in public, but why not, you know, and mm. talk about it on stage and have an open conversation. But at the time, he was the first guy to really do that. And um, 
in, in that way and just caused an issue and conversation in our country. So it was a big deal in terms of like those words and whatnot being on television. And, and since then, things have evolved and changed. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love that little George Carlin reference here because Squidward, you know, just referenced the seven words there. Uh, Mr. Krabs mm. then tells him, no, no you know, it, it's 13 if you're a sailor. Uh, it, it's beyond me what those other words could be, but I'm open to <laughs> I'm open to to hearing them from Mr. Krabs at some point. Honestly, I don't even know. Like, like in their universe, they they make it sound like swear words are just like a word people made up. I don't even understand how swear words are a thing because people just make up words. And you're like, okay, here's a word. You're not allowed to say this word. Like, how does that make sense? You know, uh, once once a word has a negative connotation, it then just becomes inappropriate. And then there's varying degrees of that inappropriateness that you have. So there's some words that um, aren't necessarily bad. You know, I'm sure that there's adults out there that wouldn't like kids saying the word damn, you know? Yeah, it's not I get that you. bad of a word, but yeah, you don't want it to come out of the mouth of a six-year-old, you know? So, yeah, that's true. You know, um, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, so there, there's just as you grow older, but then once you're 18, there's there are just certain words that hey, don't cross this line. Um, mm -hmm. So Mr. Krabs is right in this regard. He tells SpongeBob and Patrick, "Knock it off! Don't say those words. I don't want to hear about them anymore." They listen to Mr. Krabs and go on about their day, which includes a rousing game of our favorite board game eels and escalators which is yeah. of course pretty much exactly uh the same as our uh shoots and ladders i don't know if you've ever played that game yourself oh yeah we call it snakes and ladders snakes and ladders hey that's closer yeah. to snakes and uh, eels and escalators I'm, I'm, yep I'm about that uh sh there's shoots and ladders snakes and ladders either way it's a game in which some directions are good some directions are bad uh, through this game of eels and escalators, I'm sure you could probably guess which which tracks are the bad ones. But uh, mm -hmm. while Patrick keeps getting his escalators, SpongeBob keeps getting eels, which leads to a very hilarious moment in which SpongeBob, just getting so upset at losing the game, decides to swear swear word number eleven, which is the dolphin oh. chirp. Um, now there are a bunch of episodes in which this chirp is used in regards of a curse word being said so um, oh really yeah there's a lot of other episodes uh, even a few other episodes before this spongebob had kind of swore in front of mr krabs there weren't any uh bleeps to it but there's a few other episodes in which that bleep is used oh okay i've never i don't think i've heard that before i'm trying to i'm trying to pull up the other episodes um let's see uh the pay oh Dolphin noises are heard in other episodes, but they are not used to censor expletives. An example would be mm. the dolphin noises in Jellyfish Jam, and then the paper and You Don't Know Sponge. So mm, Okay. It's not, it's not a censor, but it's just used. Not a censor. I was <clears throat> The censor part I brought up because there, um, in the episode we just watched Krusty Love, uh, SpongeBob is seen leaving uh, the, the scene kind of swearing and using curse words. and Clearly, Mrs. Puff's... Mm. Uh, it, reaction in that regard was oh yeah it's like when he's words. like uh yelling at mr krabs right yep 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 i've seen i love that part so much it's so funny and uh, she pulls out like a book she's reading she's like oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> yeah there's even words <laughs> she didn't know those must have been the sailor ones maybe crusty love happened after this episode canonically yeah possibly <laughs> um once uh once patrick hears spongebob use this word he's not really a good friend in this regard because instead of letting it slide he decides he's just going to tell on spongebob to mr krabs 
then ensues a a back and forth battle between SpongeBob and Patrick, each trying to get to Mr. Krabs first. Patrick then the classic kid conundrum when you say a bad word, but then the person telling on you says what you said because now you can throw them under the bus because they've said it now. That kind oh, of brings me back to like brings me back to like second, third grade. Yeah, those were the days. Those were the days. Um. Eventually, we get to Mr. Krabs, who who then finds out that both of these these boys dis disregarded his rules of not swearing, and they've both said number eleven. Um, Mr. Krabs is very upset about this, but in his way of about to punish them, he stubs his little foot, and out of his mouth comes a swear. Oh. Or some word that is, of course, not good, which then causes. SpongeBob and Patrick to realize that the ball is now in their court. Mr. Krabs has now sworn, and they have to go above him, which would be his mother, Betsy Krabs. We get the debut of Mrs. Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants here uh, in, a, in a pretty funny regard, uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, not as funny as her later appearances, but just the fact that these two boys are coming to her house to say your grown son has swore. And, like, Mr. Krabs is, like, in the 60s or 70s or, I think, 80s right now. How old is his mother right now? I, Holy. Well, she's, she's, if he's anything, I'd say he's closer to his 50s. Uh, she's got to be in her 70s or 80s. Either I mean, way, I never ask a woman her age, you know, but, you know. Absolutely. But if one, of my, <laughs> if one of my employees went to my mother's house to say, your son's four, she would laugh them out of the house. Like, yeah, yes, I know. It's like, like, bro, he's 50. Come on, man. Get out. Get out of here. Um, but, of course, Mr. Krabs doesn't want to doesn't want his mother, I guess, to know that he uses naughty language. Uh, a bunch of the language is used in front of her, which causes her to faint a bit. Mr. Krabs, then rightfully so, gets to be angry at the boys for bringing on this naughty language to his mother. But Mrs. Krabs takes the situation under her claw and makes all of the boys repaint her house because of their use of naughty language. We get one yep. final gag before the end of the episode in which we're led to believe that Mrs. Krabs herself has swore, but it was just, in fact, uh, Old Man Jenkins' jalopy and his loud car horn. Um, mm -hmm. All in all, this is one of the better episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it's one that works beautifully culturally internationally because like we have already talked about everywhere in the world there is just a bit of language that is just deemed inappropriate don't use this and and you know so no matter where you are listening to these words listening to these these characters talk whatever language that is coming out of the television screen it's a funny episode and it works across the board and is still funny almost 20 years later yep one of the best episodes I've seen ever. What's your favorite gag in this entire episode, Muhammad? Uh, the, my favorite gag, honestly, uh, the, the one that actually made me laugh the most was the Lashes one. Like I said before, that was hilarious. I cannot get over that part. Yeah, that's, that's one of, the, that's one of the, the, the biggest gags out of this episode. I really, for some reason, I, I love the idea that SpongeBob, in seeing, uh, we didn't, I mentioned it before, but when he found the graffiti that says Squidward smells, Good. Figured, oh, somebody didn't finish this graffiti and yep. then spells good under it. It's it's such a simple joke and it's one that it's gonna make me smile for the rest of my life. That's that's why I love it. That was the one of the funniest gags I've ever seen too. Also, uh, my friend, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, it's it's a blessing to have you on. I'm glad you picked this episode. I knew it was gonna be a special one. 
Um, I am excited to see your work in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated when it drops later this year. Uh, I can't wait to celebrate that with you, and I would love to have you on a future episode if you are down to be on. I am completely down. Of course, just send me one, and I'll I'll be right down. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun and really nice to be on. Oh, no problem. Uh, now, you mentioned you had an Instagram. Do you want to just tell everybody uh, what that is or if you have any other things you'd like to tell them about? All right. So, uh, yes, I do have an Instagram. Uh, it's moawad underscore 313, M-O-E-A-W-A-D underscore 313. And it's just uh, my personal and art Instagram. So I post a bunch of art on there. And uh, I did post some of my backgrounds and some of my works on the SpongeBob movie and my fish Sona. And I also, ha- I also post like just random videos of day-to-day things. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is ZSwaggy313, Z uh s a w a g g y y three one three and i just um will post soon my behind the scenes of the spongebob rehydrate collab and i just post my animations my works uh, all on there so that's those are my socials awesome i appreciate that i'm gonna check all of those out and i would expect anybody listening to do so as well so once again muhammad thank you for coming on thank you for being a part of this show and for all the listeners out there stay safe we'll see you here next week thank you have a great day you too buddy i'm ready magic conj will i ever get to meet tom kenny maybe someday oh so you're saying there's a chance okay okay should i tell fans of the show how they can support us yes Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.